Welcome to the Free The Wage Slave podcast. The podcast dedicated to helping frustrated nine to fivers get out of the rat race and succeed working for themselves. I'm Sky Kilji, a former corporate insurance wage slave who now travels the world year round working from my laptop. So I'm really, really happy to be talking to Sat and Dan from Sandy Feet Messy Hair on Valentine's Day. So first of all, happy Valentine's Day, guys. Such a romantic time. Thank you for having us. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So I love these guys. These guys are my favorite digital nomad couple on oh, Instagram. Oh, you are too, kind. <laughs> and, you know, I really love these guys because they're just real. They document their life as it is. And I think a lot of people need to see that. It's not all cocktails by the pool. I keep using that phrase. They show you the real side of what life looks like. And I just love them. And I'm delighted to have them with me on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank what you. an intro. We feel honored <laughs> yes. and almost celebrity. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're very, very welcome to be here. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. So let's just jump straight into it. So what everybody wants to know right out the gate is who are you and where are you from? So my name is Satara and I am from uh, a small town in northern Alberta, Canada. And I'm, uh, my name's Dan. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say a bit more. I thought you were going to do a full introduction. Um, my name's Dan. I'm 28 uh, and I'm from Middlesbrough in the northeast of England. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. And how did you guys meet? How did you get together? What was, I want to know a little bit about life, both individually before you kind of embarked on this journey and then how you guys found each other. Okay, cool. Well, um, I'll go first because yeah. I see I'm always one who <laughs> seems to talk a lot. <laughs> I always sit at the camera on Instagram and I'm always one who's too chatting. And uh, yeah, so I was born in, born in England, grew up in Scotland. Um, I'm the youngest of two older brothers and an older sister. Um, and we're an army family, to be honest. So I, I came from um, an army background um, my two older brothers uh, did Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, both serving. And uh, my dad was in Northern Ireland and his granddad was in the war and it kind of became a sort of natural progression for me to join in too. And through school, I sort of watched my brothers and watched them get older and um, they sort of went and went away in the army and came back with kit bags and bags full of stories. <laughs> so that was kind of what I aspired to be. So as soon as I kind of, I, I went through school, did, did all that sort of good stuff and then decided instead of university that I was going to give it a crack and see if I liked it. So that off I went to Germany and uh, seven years later in the artillery, I'm finally out and it was actually in Canada where I was working with the army yeah. um, in 2018. I think. It's 2020 <laughs> now, I'm getting mixed up with my years. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was 18. 2018, yeah. yeah. So it was like summertime 2018, I was deployed to Canada for my last my last year in the army, actually. I'd already had my notice in, said I wanted to leave and change direction. And mm -hmm. I was in Canada for six months and one of my weekends off, uh, I was with, on a boys weekend up in Banff, which is one of the, one of the ski towns there. And uh, whilst waiting for a taxi, because the snow was too thick, <laughs> we uh, sort of Amen. caught romantic eyes through the... <laughs> Through the glasses <laughs> of McDonald's. Uh, nice. So, yeah, and then it just sort of went off from there. I um, Sat just inspired me. Sat was just this ball of energy and ball of knowledge that I'd never seen before, and um, she just intrigued me. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about her. And um, we sort of did long distance for a little bit. I went back to Germany, sort of tied up all my loose ends. And the question was, where do I go next? 
yeah. sort of thing. So then, yeah. Um, so I'll kind of tell my side of the story, I guess. And then we're like meet in the middle, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in a very small town um, in a very cold, cold part of Canada. Um, after graduation, I went to hair school in the city closest to me and decided I was going to work in that field for a little while and didn't like it so much because I didn't want to necessarily put in all that time and all the effort because I knew that I just wanted to travel and I wanted to get that started right away. So I went back into my little like notebook of things that I have, the qualifications and stuff and found that lifeguarding was going to be my ticket to save money fast. And I looked into that and found um, a good gig in the city, earned some money, saved a lot. And I was actually on a, um, a birthday party like trip to Banff that weekend when we met from the girl that I, my best friend that I met uh, working at the pool. So that weekend we were all out drinking and I met Dan at three in the morning outside the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Modern day that romance. <laughs> it doesn't get much classier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rest is fate, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then we basically just bounced off each other and we both we both really shared high ambitions and mm. definitely sort of stepping out of your lane kind of thing from both our backgrounds. Yeah. We were both sort of working class backgrounds and we wanted more all the time. We were like, this can't be it. This can't be it. We can't be settling for this kind of thing. We don't want what our friends want. Mm. And then we knew we'd never sort of conform into a sort of local template, mm-hmm. didn't we? We knew yeah. we weren't destined to sort of stay in one place. And uh our chemistry for that just kind of mixed massively and mm-hmm. that then led to a led to a sporadic well almost sporadic one-way ticket to Bangkok yeah on the on the what was the date May May 18th I think we said May 18th 2019 yeah so we had done eight wow. months of long distance before then went down um, packed up and went back to Germany only a week after we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, a month later, we visited when I was backpacking uh, with my best friend in Amsterdam. And then eight months after that, he arrived in Canada on a plane. And we had a few months together to just hang out and, and really get to know each other face to face, I well, guess. We, we were, <laughs> we were trying, really funny story. We were, so we, I landed in Canada it's minus 40. It's my, something crazy. Minus 30, minus 40 yeah. Celsius outside. And uh, I look like someone from Cool Runnings with all my gear on, trying to leave out <laughs> the airport. And uh, <laughs> that sort of leading me on. And we get to the hotel because it was too dangerous. We couldn't go back to Lacrobish. It's a four-hour drive north, I think. Yeah. And uh, so we stayed the night in the bad weather. And uh, so this is the first night we're together. Mm-hmm. And we're in the elevator. We're in the lift on the way up to the room. And we get stuck in the elevator. So th- there's me sat, an American and a Chilean mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. S- stuck for two and a half hours in an elevator while it got fixed and a maintenance guy got called out through the snow. <laughs> And that was like, that was our sort of, so, yeah. <laughs> now we're together, <laughs> let's get to know each other a bit more. So that was really funny. And then well, it was it worked out in the end, we got some free drinks and it was all, it was all pretty, the hotel sort of sorted us out for that little inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But we, um, yeah, we quickly got to know each other and 
we haven't we've been inseparable since to be honest um whether it was going through bangkok sat's first time on the back of a scooter was through bangkok Mm -hmm. rush hour trusting me to sort of navigate my way through the traffic and then um we kind of just took each adventure as it came after that really we need somebody to make a movie of your story it's just like a perfect valentine's day story this movie so would have more sequels than the Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I want to just zoom in into one detail. Um, so yeah. you, you were doing the long distance thing and you both kind of realized that, you know, this templated life, as you put it, Dan, it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. a, a lot of the nomad couples I talk to, they tell me about how they met and they did some exercises like dreamlining or, you know, Mm. planning their goals for the future. So when you were in that, that stage before you finally made the leap, what kind of conversations were you having? What type of processes were you, were you going through? We were going through, that's a really interesting point of our relationship, actually. It was, I think we both came to that exact same decision and path right at the right time um, for both of our lives. Like Dan had just finished his, career and he was finishing and kind of closing that chapter of his life and wanted more adventure. And I was kind of just starting out like I had done my schooling and knew that I didn't want to get into any career until I've seen the world and traveled the world. So we both kind of just, when we met, it was both at the exact like right moment in our Mm -hmm. lives to, to set off and go. And both Mm -hmm. of us were just so ready that as soon as we kind of made that hint like hey do you want to travel the world instead of working both mm-hmm. of us were like yes that's exactly what we want to do and like you were going through a lot of you had a lot of self-help and sort mm-hmm. of self-motivation yeah almost that kind of guidance and uh just listening and being in that environment alone I'd, I was completely alien to it I had no idea about um that sort of encouraging environment that you can be around and yeah. you showed me a load of books especially by um John C. John C. Maxwell yeah he was such an inspiration to me at the time because I'd never even come across any, anything like this this seemed to be like this was my ticket this was the sort of I'm a bit lost not sure really sure what I'm doing but I know that I shouldn't be settling here and mm-hmm. all them and sort of John C. Maxwell's stuff really yeah. hit home and really made me realize that you've got you're so full of potential that you shouldn't you shouldn't have to settle in yeah. anything and like the Go-Giver, that mm. kind of book series yeah, really so hit good. home. And I was reading, I went from reading zero books to reading for oh, you read like one a week. <laughs> yeah, I was just firing through them. Yeah. I was addicted. <laughs> and uh, and I loved it. I, I loved that. I loved that self-freedom. I loved that ability to be able to go like, right, what, what am I doing? I don't have to conform to what my school says. I don't have to conform to what my friends are doing. Mm-hmm. I can go away and I can literally write I can actually write my entire sort of new path and not have to follow anyone else. And when we sort of dove deeper into that and dove into the sort of content creator social media side of it, we realized that we weren't the only ones and we were, this is exactly where we need to be. Yes. We just need to do anything to just figure it out. Like this is, we had a calling and both of us knew it and we knew this is where we're supposed to be, but now it's just time to figure it out. We don't know where we're going, but we know that, It'll this be so is, worth this it right. when we get there, yeah. Definitely. I think uh, the internet has just played such an important part for all of us in just knowing that this lifestyle is possible 
And, you know, there's, there's definitely books. John C. Maxwell is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yes. I remember yes, when yes. I first uh, got that book, it was just like a light was shone on a pathway. Yeah, and absolutely. I just didn't yes. even know it was possible. And um, it just made such a difference. So the, the belief is, is definitely the first part. The process seems to be there's this, you know, life is, is normal as it is. Then there's this inner turmoil of I kind of want more. The path then becomes clear. Mm-hmm. The next step that I typically see um, after that is how do we travel the world and make an income at the same time? Yes. Yeah, so definitely. talk to me about your transition. How did you prepare for it and how did you plan to be able to go on that journey? So we are huge wingers. <laughs> um, we are. <laughs> we, um, uh, to be the black and white of it. But no, we, um, so we decided this. We decided this not long after we got together, obviously, and um, I just sort of buckled down in saving because I was in a my sort of monthly wage was was pretty. My uh, my monthly wage came in all the time. And I didn't have to worry about it. So um, then I knew that I'd be okay on the saving sort of side of things. Yep. But you had to you had to really dig your heels in, didn't you? Yeah. So for me, I I came from like you work for what you want, um, kind of family. Not like Dan didn't or anything, but. Um, I was playing sports my whole entire life and never really had a job or anything. It was just sports and family and that kind of thing. So finally, like being out in the real world, it was hard to like get back on my feet at some point in my life. You're freshly 18, you'd leave the house, you're kind of starting to figure it out and who you want to be and where you want to go. So yeah, I ended up working two jobs, really, really long hours, just knowing that if I can do this, all I need to know is that I need money and that's that's it. And then I could kind of just figure out from there. So when Dan and I were living together in Canmore before we left traveling, I was working from four in the morning till midnight some oh, nights, yeah, like um, seven days a week, just save, save, work, work, work. Days. Yeah, just trying to figure it out. And since we left on our travels, it's just been, okay, what do we need to do now? We need to learn how to do this. It's all about learning. So we dug our heels in. We started really like we really took um we really took a page out of when we were talking earlier about the John C. Maxwell stuff and the four hour work week. Yeah. You end up with a schedule and yeah. you end up really journaling and really scheduling your days and scheduling your time. And it's mm. such a gift to be able to do that. And then we took the financial side of that and put that um, really at the forefront of what we were we were aiming towards and yeah. so we were writing down our finances our outgoings and incomings yeah. and um so then like when we did get to Canmore it got it was a case of me becoming a sort of housewife <laughs> slash motivational speaker every morning <laughs> that sat we need to get up 4 30 let's go I know there's a foot of snow on your car outside yeah. but I'll go get that off you yeah. just sort of jump in the shower and you can like you know and it was like it will get there think of the plane think yeah. think of the journey think of the think of the end goal think we're good like yeah. it'll be okay this is if it was hard if it was easy everyone would do it sort of thing like let's work these two jobs let's get through it mm-hmm. and um we just drove each other plan. yeah it, that's honestly was the cheesiest part of it all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dan, you're a good man. Oh, oh yeah. thank you. You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're hustling. We're doing the two jobs. We're getting the savings together. So at some point, you guys head out to Bangkok. Tell me why you chose Bangkok. What was the thought process behind that? 
Bangkok was really. I I think I probably influenced that. Yeah, to maybe. be honest, I had a lot of. I've got a lot of friends who've been there, and a lot of um, a lot of good stories have come out of there. A lot of good experiences have yeah. come out there, and it just seemed to be. Um, it seemed to be like a, the chaos that we wanted. Yeah, the stapled chaos yeah. that we wanted. We wanted that amazing experience of a culture shock just the wildest food, the craziest, nicest people you could ever meet. Yeah. And just this atmosphere yep. that was completely against the grain. And different, yeah. Yeah, and we wanted something that was just... Because just to really solidify that one-way ticket, I think it was. Yeah. I think we needed an extreme destination where yep. it was like we're going here and really put a stamp on it. And neither of us had been to sort of Asia. Neither of us had sort of been to that, that part of the world. no. So it was, we were guaranteed that culture shock and mm-hmm. we kind of calculated it was just far away for both of us, yeah. <laughs> Canada and the UK. I was far. like, so if we get a one-way ticket that far then. And it was, we were driven towards that, that experience that we'd never had before. Yeah. It was that, yeah. and that's what sort of drove our passion for this whole thing was because we were coming from such regular backgrounds, we were coming from such sort of nothing like this mm-hmm. basically and to to then go oh by the way I'm getting a one-way ticket to Bangkok and mm-hmm. I'm going to make this work yep was like what what do you mean like to explain to me how this is happening and we became just sort of spinning that story at parties and going yeah. away parties and we saying were we're the doing crazy this. ones of our families going and doing something totally <laughs> different but the drive was there yeah and everyone was saying like I would love to do that I would love to do that and yeah. we were like you can't like I don't know why you don't why mm. you're saying that you can't just sort of just look at your life and sort of and plan it out because it can happen and it's so easy. It goes by so quick. You need to and do things that you want. The followers just now. kept coming in. Yeah, and we we started doing we began doing vlogs on YouTube actually sort of in honents to sort of Christian LeBlanc and uh, what the chic and. Uh, all the other sort of Bali-based content creators that we mm-hmm. we followed at the time were really sort of, you, all you need is a GoPro, the right attitude, sort of not even your GoPro, like a good camera, your phone, and just just the, just the content for people in the mm-hmm. niche and, the, and the, the inspiration to people to be able to do this. And uh, we vlogged the entire journey from day one Bangkok to our flight into Australia, actually. So yeah. the whole of Southeast Asia is on YouTube. Yeah just like you know posting that in there i'm at, learning at as you go. Messy hair. like dan was and um, you can see the difference at the start and finish yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Dan progression worked so hard just getting together those videos um everything on the iphone just using inshot just trying to edit the videos every day to be able to post a video every day he worked and the feedback was, was yeah. the fuel because yeah. all I'd get was amazing feedback. Guys, what about this? Send us this. Like, that looks amazing. Tell yeah. me more about this. This Like, how have you managed this? And we loved that. And we were like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're outspoken and like anyway in like positivity kind of sense. Yeah. And we just loved being able to create our message and send it out to people. I absolutely love that. And I want to circle back on a couple of things you said. I think were really, really important. Yeah, I see a lot of parallels in all of the nomads' lives, including my own. There's this stage where you're ready to go and the people in your life, they do two things. They question how you're going to make it happen, mm-hmm. but they also tell you they'd love to do it. And, yes. you know, they just yes. haven't seen that potential. And, and that's why, you know, you guys do what you do. It's why I do what I do to, to shine that light and, and Absolutely. You know, show how it's possible. But interestingly, the one-way ticket to Bangkok 
is exactly what I did yes, when I got my yeah, freedom. I was hoping you'd <laughs> <laughs> shine light. Right. And there's definitely something about what I call burning the boats. It's a one-way ticket. There's no mm-hmm. going back. We mm-hmm. have to make this work. Yeah. So when you guys chose Bangkok, was there a financial aspect to that decision in terms of, you know, the living cost being cheaper than the, the typical Western world? I think definitely. I think yeah. that that was definitely the, one of the key factors because we weren't sure what we were doing. And it was kind of that safety net of knowing that we aren't going to be burning that candle as fast as we thought we'd be. And when we decided we were finally, that's what we were going to do. We're going to go traveling, all that stuff. I think we only had about four months since we made the decision Mm -hmm. to actually save. So it was, okay, if we're going to go, let's go somewhere cheap that could last us our small amount of savings and just try and make it work. And yeah, I think Bangkok just kind of called both of our names. And that was kind of like, that was our drive too, is that we we were living on a budget that Mm -hmm. wasn't extreme to Mm -hmm. us or to a normal saver um, or like a regular income uh, household or anything. It was quite achievable. Yes, definitely. definitely. Thailand's awesome. The $1 meals and oh, uh, the accommodation the is, is, is oh. super cheap. It's the best $1 meal you'll ever get. Oh, it's, yeah. It's oh, any day, any day. <laughs> and uh, we were lucky enough to go to uh, Koh Chang and do a cooking class. Oh, amazing. And uh, we did. We were, lo- we were also lucky enough to it just be us two and the, yeah. and the, um, the lady instructing the class. Uh, so we had a personal lesson on, on Koh Chang Island. So and, nice. And to know that what the complexity of the pad thai, to sell it for a dollar, it's you're getting a bargain for your money. Yes. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely, that city is just a wonderful, wonderful city and a great country. Unreal. So I want to dig in a little bit deeper. So you're in Bangkok. You've got a few months worth of savings. You've got the budget. You're you know making sure you stretch that as far as possible. And I guess you're doing the tourist thing. You're taking the pictures. You're creating content. Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in is that content creation path. It takes a while to monetize. Mm-hmm. So were you doing mm-hmm. something else on the side to maintain your lifestyle? How did you deal with that challenge? Yeah, so we um, we started looking online and we started looking at other influencers to see what see what they were doing, as you do. And uh, so the main thing that kept popping up over and over was uh, teaching Japanese online. Yeah. So we hooked up an interview, found a company, settled into a good Wi-Fi connection and uh, started to, well, applied and then started teaching Japanese online. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. And since then, um, we've been trying to grow our, our blog and our YouTube and our website, yeah. um, getting the content out there as much as possible, learning, constantly learning. We're always trying because we're so we're self-taught with camera and editing and web design and everything that it's just, we've grown so much already in the last however many months we've been traveling almost a year now, yeah, yeah. I think. We We've grown mm-hmm. so, so much and we've dedicated 2020 to just building our brand, just building, building, building and seeing how far we could get from now until December 2020. And yes, since teaching online, once we ended up kind of going through our savings, we hopped over to Australia and have been mm-hmm. working some local jobs just to keep the funds topped up as we're building our brand on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to highlight that. And I love that about your Instagram at Sandy Feet Messy Hair, mm. that you you show that entire picture. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, we're influencers living this lifestyle. You're mm. showing, look, we're working on the farm also. We're doing this other thing that pays for our lifestyle mm-hmm. so we yes. can build the thing that we really want. 
definitely. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's so important to show. Really, 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 really important. And I think that the whole smoke and mirrors sort of thing that you can cut, you, you do occur with um, with Instagram and that kind of thing. It's really good to see the behind the scenes. The, yeah. And like people love that. People love the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. So why not be behind the scenes constantly so people can see how achievable that is? Yeah. And um, we were following, so we had a big following of uh, content creators and influencers that were our idols. And uh, two of our idols were actually Mary Jake, Mary and uh, Jake Snow. Yeah. And they, we read into their story. We idolized their content. Yeah. We idolized everything about them. And we looked we dug a, d- a bit deeper into their sort of financial situation and they were doing seasonal work down in Australia and for however many, what was it? What was the ratio? It four? was four months of work and the rest of the year they traveled. And we, we found out actually that they've been doing that only up until this past May. Yeah. So just knowing that kind of gives you a little bit of a booster, like, okay, these people, they're real, you know, they're doing the same thing as us. It's all just, how much work you put in and and their work is unbelievable it is insane. and it is just an yeah. inspiration to be able to see that and we love that insight and we love really it. really love that insight and they they showed the van that they lived in while they were here and they mm. showed the funny videos and the funny yeah. pictures behind the scenes and yeah like you said I think it's so important to show people that behind the scenes and that raw side of it just so just so people are clear on it because it took us a lot of the very early on, we we were under the influence and the myth that I think that quite a few people are that uh, you can monetize from the followers on Instagram. Yep, definitely. And that was sort of our biggest sort of misconception when it came into here, uh, came into this situation. And it's learning, it's learning them real life details and yep. not sort of like being naive about it that you are sort of in quite a heavy situation, but you can make it work if you yeah. push it and you work hard. Totally. Yeah, I think there's two really great points that you guys have hit on, and I just want to touch on those for a moment. So one point is choose your idols or the people you look up to wisely. Mm. If you choose the wrong person, you, you'll always find yourself comparing yourself to them and Very good you know, point, minimizing yes. your achievements. Yes. Um, what I love is that not only did you choose people who were you know, living the lifestyle you wanted, but you went further to actually understand how they did it and mm-hmm. they were transparent enough to show that. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. so important. Yeah, the, absolutely. Um, and these are the kind of people who, and we've tried and tested it through our journey so far where you'll send them a DM or you'll send them a personal message with a question or, a, or, get, or just a guy's like, I love your content, thank you very much sort of thing. And, and they reply back. And it's, Very that's genuine. the best part mm. is where you, you get that social aspect, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you get to, know, like you get to know them personally. Yeah. And you get Very to good. end up with that personal relation and it's that, yeah, absolutely. Being yeah. able to relate to them is so important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think the other thing that you mentioned, which is really great is for everybody out there who's listening and who's thinking that becoming a content creator is one of the potential paths, you know, out of that nine to five. The thing that makes people connect is when you're real. So yeah. the people mm-hmm. who document their life rather than trying to be fancy, I'm, I'm channeling my inner Gary V as I'm saying this, <laughs> but it's, it's that documentation <laughs> and just being real that helps people connect with you. Yeah. And actually that gives you everything that you want. It gives you followers. It gives you likes. It helps yeah. you build that audience. Absolutely. Oh, it's just genuine all the way. Yeah. It's, it's really honestly the best is the best policy um and you you become just genuinely uh likable 
Yeah. If you just put your personality forward, people see it a mile off. Then they'll they'll notice when you're not. And like the best part of that, and when you're being real, you don't have to put. It's it's not effort anymore. It's effortless to do it because it's something that you love. Because you're just being raw and you're just being real. And it's so easy to just get out there and just be you instead of putting on a face all the time. And instead of the Amen. oh, I wonder how many likes this photo is going to take. Yeah. You take it for the love of taking a exactly. photo. And you take it for the love of take, of just having yeah. the time in the, in the moment and capturing it yeah. and just wanting to share it as a message to other people. That's that's what's becoming lost yeah. slowly, which is quite sad. Absolutely. That definitely comes through in your content. The, the word personality is exactly what I feel whenever I'm watching your stories on Instagram and seeing oh, your thank posts. Thank you so much. There's so much personality and it's Thanks. just so real and it's... um. It's really a lesson to everybody. Everybody out there needs to go and take a look at, at Sandy Feet Messy Hair on Instagram because you'll see how it should be done. It's, Thank it's you really so much. Thank true you. words from, from me. <laughs> Thank you. Biggest shout out. Thank you very much. So guys, you're in Australia now. Talk to me about where you're headed next. What does the next few months and years look like for you guys? Okay, so we discuss this every day, (laughs) actually, yeah. Um, So one big thing that we're both very, very excited about that's recently come into our lives is the Institute of Code. It is a school in Bali. You can explain Where they do social media marketing course or they do a web development course. And... um, they uh, cater for all the students. I think it's a three or a four to one ratio from teacher to student. Yep. They have organized yoga in the morning, specialist dietary requirements, food throughout the entire course with limited accommodation. And we were lucky enough to connect with them over Instagram. And we were lucky enough, uh, furthermore, to win a scholarship to their um, academy doing social media marketing. So that yep. meant that we won a thousand uh, US dollars off each um, for the course for the course that was running in february um this week and um spoiler for us was that um, mary and jake snow were gonna be there (laughs) no (laughs) way we're and they're doing the web development course at the moment um and we were we were going to be doing the social media course next to them yeah and uh but, but we we were we were we had a big trip for people who don't know we had a big trip through january where uh we spent four weeks uh, traveling in a big circle from uh, the east coast of Sydney. We drove uh, up to Bundaberg, uh, up onto the northeast, or the, or the, on the, not, the northern eastern <laughs> side, correction, of uh, the east coast up to Bundaberg. And then we went inland to Uluru um, and down to Alice Springs and that sort of yeah. area. And then we came down to Adelaide and did a big loop around, uh, followed by... Uh, to a week in New Zealand, yeah, that's which was really cool. Um, so we were uh, a bit financially tied when we got back. Yeah. So a bar- Bali wasn't quite in the question. Um, so they gave us a second option. So yeah. And told us that if we weren't able to make it in in February, then we would get half of our our scholarship, so five hundred dollars off each if we went in August. Uh, so we decided that's probably the safer option. We could work. We're working at a blueberry farm right now in near Melbourne in Australia. And yeah, we'll save our little bits of money and then hopefully head there for August. Yeah. And then we'll be good. Yeah. And uh, we've got we've got the blueberry farm on the go. We've got our development of our social media going on at the moment. We're yeah. hoping for a second job to try and top the funds Arbonne. up. You've got, um, yeah, your online business going on too. Yeah. 
Sats running Arbon at the moment, which is fantastic for both our health, moreover, yeah. <laughs> tenfold. But yeah, so at the moment, that's our sort of outlook on this year. We were kind of like Sat touched on it earlier that this year was going to be our year to sort of figure out what we were going to do and how we were going to work with this. And mm. we were really going to dig our heels in. We felt we had so many ideas and so much inspiration and we just had so little time. And we we said, right, let's just sort of just use this sort of time now that we're working and just dig in and yeah. really sort of put our content out there. And because we know so much, we rode a scooter from the south of Vietnam to the north, just us two, yeah. a single 125cc scooter and sort of did the, for the English viewers, did the whole Top Gear journey up north through yeah. the, and even did the night train. And we vlogged it, but we want to write it down. We want to tell people about it. We want to get it out there yeah. that you can do it yourself. And it's a lot cheaper than you'd think. And it was one of the best experiences of our entire lives yes, was doing it. absolutely. And so we want to, we, we really want to have time to get all these ideas out mm-hmm. and really sort of work on, our, work on ourselves and work on this and just make it work. This yeah. is our sort of, our grind time back in. We had yeah. our little play in January. And uh, now we're back to the grind of it all and get really just passionate about getting work down and kind of showing people what, what it's all about. You're definitely hustlers, you guys, from the 4.30 a.m. wake-ups back in Canada oh, all yeah. the way through to, to what you do now. So what is that split between work and downtime? Because again, another you know myth is that four-hour work week. I mean, everybody knows there's no four-hour work week. Yeah, yeah. What does your work versus downtime look like at this point? Um, so it, it was quite a shock when we, well, it wasn't really a shock, but it was quite funny because you were, you're kind of escaping the nine to five to, to welcome to an even bigger work week, but it's doing something you love. <laughs> yes. So it doesn't turn right. into work. So our entire life and our entire day is sort of just enjoyment really. And, um, mm-hmm. we wake up every morning. Our routine is we get up in the morning. Coffee is essential, um, <laughs> at this point. And then this is about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, I think. Yeah. And we, Ouch. we do our work. We like to start the day, get some content out there, get the ball rolling, get the mind rolling because, yeah. because when we go to work, we have a blast at work. It's so fun with all the other sort of workers. And yeah. yeah, it's a really, really great atmosphere. And we love working yeah. there. And, um, so yeah, every morning our, our little ritual is to get up and make a coffee and we sit at our windowsill because that's wherever we get service in this our home at the caravan park and we sit by the window and we do our work so we'll check instagram we'll make our posts we'll write out blogs we'll we'll sit down and talk about ideas and kind of just get the day going and by the time that we go to work and finish work we come home and we have some time for ourselves in the afternoon we cook dinner together and we hang out and it's kind of a good balance between like relationship our digital nomad kind of content creating world and then our work life we found that we're always most alert in the morning I guess and like have the most creativity in the morning mm. two of us are both morning after people coffee. yeah um, <laughs> always after coffee always after yeah. coffee because <laughs> no one's that super <laughs> human we need to talk about yeah. this <laughs> yeah and then have our our work time make our money to fund um, our dreams and then yeah have some us time and build our relationship in the evening because it's nice in the morning to because we like to be goal driven we like to yeah. know where we're going we don't want to start a work season just for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. We literally have a poster of our itinerary for the week of our goals and dreams in front of our bed yeah. on the wall. So it's the first thing we see when we wake up. And then to the top left of there is a is one of the helmets that we used for Vietnam and mm. a fan that we used to 
keep us cool on the public transport there too. And it's a little reminder in the morning to sort of keep yourself motivated. So those days that you get up in the morning and this is actually a really good tip for anyone who's working the nine to five is to sort of chase your dream in the morning for a couple of hours. Yeah. Wake up and even if you just get inspired by your Instagram feed when you're yeah. scrolling through and you're like, oh, like you get really psyched because you're scrolling through, you're like, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. Take the time out in the morning to remind yourself why you work in that nine to five job and why you work in them hours that might not be so palatable or sociable, like sociable. And that's why we do get up early. It's because it's to, it's to remind ourselves each morning what we're doing it for. Mm-hmm. And we're prepped and now we're ready and we we hit the day sort of ready and to earn money and sort of live the lifestyle we want to live. And then we come back and we carry that on and we, and yeah, we have a blast doing it. And our relationship is probably stronger because of it actually, mm-hmm. um, because we're more we're as cheesy as it sounds, business partners, best friends, and sort of mm. all that yeah. sort of Valentine's Day stuff thrown <laughs> in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing a great job. <laughs> so there's a there's a couple of things you said I want to touch on. Um, mm. One is that that power of those visual cues and those visual reminders in mm. your physical mm. space. Yes. My version of that is my screensaver on my phone. I have mm. the word create, and that's nice. my reminder: don't be a consumer, be a creator. Oh. Uh, and it I definitely, like definitely a makes a difference. Yeah. It made a big, big difference for me just seeing that every day. You know, it gives me that mental check-in of have I created today? Absolutely. Or have yeah. I consumed? And, you know, when you see it, it lets you realign the rest of your day or, or the rest of your week. So that's a great tip there, Dan. The other thing you said that I really liked is kind of wake up in the morning, seize the day. I think Brian Tracy calls that eat the frog. Eat the frog. First <laughs> yes, thing in the morning, like get out there, get that thing done. And especially when you're working nine to five or you're doing a side hustle, mm-hmm. that time in the morning when you have the most energy, you're mm-hmm. full of coffee. It's a really, really great time to get things yes. done. Absolutely. That's the biggest part. I think that for me, especially when it came down to planning and coming into that world of uh, really working for your passion, that little tip is probably one of my strongest ones. Yeah. And writing things down and just write it down and tackle them at a time and a place where needed and especially in the morning like you said it's amazing yeah and just like feeling like making the decision and the change that you have the power to do so if you're wanting like the dreams that you want and where you want to be follow those people that inspire you on instagram don't fill your feed with negativity fill it with inspiration and and goals and and follow those people and follow those journey who just make you like as soon as you open your social media because let's be real everyone everyone checks instagram every day and you go on there and you see all this amazing content and these these people doing these amazing things and you're like yes i want to do that that's where i want to be and if it's you don't have to get up at 4 30 in the morning if you're not a morning person <laughs> you're not a morning person yeah. at the end of the day like it's that can come down to a biological level i think in fact and you just find little little habits through yeah. the day if it means on your lunch break, all I'm going to focus on is what I'm going to do tonight when I get home yeah. and just spend a quick 10 minutes. Or when you get home, spend a quick 10 minutes just doing something, just putting something in place, setting the foundation for that goal yeah. and that dream. Because that five minutes every day, it does add up. And then if you go, okay, well, I'll plan an hour here and an hour there. And hours can be quite a long time in a busy schedule. Definitely. So start small, honestly, start small. Put these little things in place in the morning. If it isn't to check social media because it's a distraction, then don't turn it on in the morning. Have mm-hmm. that little sort of habit. And then it's just all about them them sort of things and building them up and building them up and you will eventually get there. Yeah. 
Definitely. That's great advice. It's really about that consistency of five minutes here, five minutes there, and stringing those together. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have uh, that all or nothing mindset where they think they have to spend, you know, three hours working on that thing. But over the week, you know, how many times do they actually get that done? Whereas Absolutely. those small little sections bumped together, they just mm-hmm. make all the difference. I mean, one of the things at the moment that we're doing is, um, we're trying to create our own Instagram filters um, yeah. using, I think it's Spark AR that Facebook's just introduced. And um, that's quite a big learning curve for myself because I've never really touched on coding and anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, the College of YouTube is really helping me out there. <laughs> and uh, it's, that's, it's, it was a huge task and I couldn't, I couldn't seem to find the time and I kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And I realized that a week had gone by from when I'd actually initially planned it. And I was like, this can't happen. So what I was doing was I scheduled in every day that I'd do 10 minutes just sitting on it, regardless of where I was on it. If I completed it or didn't, I would just do 10 minutes. And I said, from the hour till 10 past, I'm going to work on this. And then I'm going to stop it. Even if I'm on a roll, I'm going to stop it because that little on a roll edge is your motivation to do it next time. So it's, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's so important to maintain that, um, that consistency and, and college of YouTube. I love that. I'm going to steal that, Dan. I'm telling you up front. <laughs> we can all be graduates in anything, right. in everything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the power of the internet. We, we really have no excuses these days. The internet, yeah. you know, shows us the path and every single question you could ever have is answered between, you know, Google and YouTube. Absolutely. So there's no excuse for us anymore. Scary. Absolutely. So Sat, I want to talk to you for a moment. It's Valentine's Day today. Yeah. And you touched on working together as a couple. And yeah. uh, on my side, I'm about two months in with my significant other traveling through the world. And, yeah. you know, you learn and you adapt. And I think you had a post a few days ago talking about we've survived, we've not killed each other yet. And I really <laughs> laughed when I read that. So talk to me about your journey as a couple and, and you know, those new experiences together. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's been a lot smoother than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like you never know when it was so crazy because when we first met from the time we met to the time that Dan moved to Canada for us to be together, we had seen each other in person for seven days. I think we, we mm-hmm. counted in total. Wow. So within nine months and him like between the time that we met and him moving, we only saw each other for a total of seven days in person. So that was like, crazy and scary and exciting all at once and yeah when he got to me in Canada was just it was so weird first just seeing him physically in front of me I'm so used to hearing his voice over FaceTime and phone calls but having him physically in front of me was just so cool and different and I don't know it's such an intense feeling I don't think I've ever felt that way before but living Living together for, it was three months, I guess, before we started traveling, it was really just getting to know how we are. Like, I'm a little bit more of a messy person and Dan's a clean freak. It's (laughs) like, it was a little bit of a challenge getting to know each other and, and how we live day to day and living together and being together all the time. But honestly, I don't think since he moved to Canada, I don't think that we spent a day apart. And it's been... It's been really, really good just from like, you kind of have to trust that person a lot. Like we went off, we left my family and we left my home to go just experience all these new things together and just being able to 
give yourself and let yourself just fall into that trust. It felt really good. And it was so, it was so fun. Just like being like, yep, you know what? I'm going to give all my trust to Dan, like getting on that back of that scooter in Bangkok and, and buying these tickets and just saying, yeah, screw it. Let's just go here instead. And who knows what's going to happen, but we'll just grab hands and go. Put it this way, I had a pretty tough dad talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to deal you with. gotta share that with us, Dan. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> it was it was very That's good. That's for another podcast <laughs> for another day, I'm afraid. <laughs> um yeah, it's been an amazing experience. And like every other couple, you have those arguments, you have those disagreements. But we actually were talking about this today. Being Doing long distance at the beginning of a relationship, I think, was the best thing that could have possibly happened because we really learned how to talk to each other, just how to communicate. So now that we're with each other and we're actually like spending our lives together, we already have that part down. We've already learned those things about each other. So whenever something comes up where we really need to, to we really need to talk or there's an mm. argument or a disagreement or anything, we know how to figure it out. We know how we're like, whether we have to take five minutes and come back to it or it always ends in, I love you. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just the key. It's, it's so important to come back to that. And yeah. at the end of the day, there's really nothing else matters. There's no problem. Yeah. You know, you can't solve beyond that. Exactly. I can definitely um, resonate with that in my life and, and in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was reading on your blog uh, this morning. I love the blog, by the oh, way. Thank um, you. I was reading one of the guides about the, you know, the travel essentials, the cameras, the SD card readers, yeah, all of yeah. that kind of stuff that you that you travel with. So I want people to go to read the blog. I want them to come and check out your vlogs, follow your Instagram. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah, that will be sandfreemessyhair.com. It is being updated right now. We're still kind of tweaking it, but we're about to put a About Us um, blog post up too. So that'll be up soon, um, as well as Instagram. We are on Instagram every day. That's how I'm number one. Yeah, yeah try to post um, on our stories every day, showing what we're up to, um, what we're eating. We, we're huge foodies and vegan and we love, yeah, we just love to share our food and everything as well as our vlog. So on YouTube at Sandy Feet Messy Hair as well. On YouTube, you'll find our entire vlog of yeah. Southeast Asia that included the Bangkok, the scooter riding, the Kochang Island experience, yeah. the cooking classes on there. South Korea. South Korea's on there. Mm-hmm. Vietnam scooter north, uh, south to north is on there, including the sleeper train and including some of the Instagram spots. Yeah, we vlogged almost every single Everything, day. every yeah. single day we vlogged. So if you ever uh, want to know the ins and outs of Asia or sort of see it from a humbling, not necessarily glitz and sparkle point yeah. of view <laughs> more street food and real experience point of view then definitely check out our vlog on youtube yeah but our main sort of thing at the moment is definitely instagram is instagram and the blog yeah yeah all right love that so guys you heard what to do you heard where to go definitely go and check out sandy feet messy hair on all the socials and on sandy feet messy so dan sat it's been an absolute pleasure what i'd love for you to do is just close with some words. What advice would you give to that person out there who's in that nine to five job, who's in that life that they know is not for them and they're not quite sure how to go about it, how to make that money? Give us some words of wisdom. Yeah. Um, Where do we you. start? Yeah, thank you. Well, for well, words. Yeah, um, thank you so much. I would say 
just trust your gut. That is my biggest thing. I've always been that person where you just, you got to trust your instincts. If there's one thing that you could do for yourself is say yes to you. You want to go out there and you want to live your dreams and nobody is stopping you except yourself. So just know that everything will work out as long as you say yes to you. That is my biggest, biggest advice. I tell everybody that. That's gold. I think I can't, I can't top that. You got it. You nailed that. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I'm happy with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, absolutely. If you just follow your dreams, as yeah. cheesy as that is, yeah, you got it. Just, just say screw it. Sometimes it's never, you're never going to be ready. That is so huge. It's, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be able to save as much as you want. You just have to throw yourself in the deep end sometimes. And it is always going to work out. Words of wisdom. You heard it here first. Guys, I love you so much. Thank, Thank you so you much for so joining much. us. Thank you so we much. We really appreciate all of this. We appreciate your time and we appreciate you guys listening too. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye.